The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at Common Ground, M-I-N-N, CommonGroundMinnesota.com. What time is it? Time for the weekly dish. I want fries on my pizza, the rabbit and tortilla barbecue. Well, hello, everybody. Hi. Good it morning. This is the Weekly Dish. I've been gone for a couple weeks, so I'm a little rusty. That's Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie March. Yes. Yeah, see, we should introduce ourselves. Every once in a while. Maybe there's new people that are listening. You don't know. Yeah, I, I know. hope there is. Somebody Friends, just might welcome. have accidentally found the crazy Saturday morning women who talk about food. And oh, I hope they did. I know. Rachel's our new producer. How's hey, it Rachel. going over there, Rachel? Hi. Going going well. Okay. How are you feeling this weekend? A little nervous, but you're good. You're good. You got this, Rachel. Yeah, I appreciate your energy. So that's, that's giving me a little... <laughs> well, that we always have. Yeah, we're gonna light Not it up. Not a lot else, but yeah. that. <laughs> um, Stephanie March. I feel like we need to have a moment. Okay. Because I'm not the bestest friend. I didn't even help you move. You've totally moved your whole life. I've moved your whole son life. has graduated. No, it was. A, are, it's been a week. I mean, you're on Yo. your way. To Yo, being it was an empty a nester. week. It was a week. It was a week, and like it was a week that kind of went bigger because it was like the kid graduated, right? And then it was the senior. And all it night. looked epic. Can oh. I just say, spinning wild looks so oh, cute. Well, then we had the party. Yeah, the party. The epic party was great. And then it was like the next day. I really kind of forgot I'd have to clean up after a party because that took an entire. <laughs> day and i was like wait i'm supposed to be packing because then wednesday that wednesday the movers came and then we spent the next the rest of that week we just cleaned and moved and it was like that sunday last sunday i spent at the house from like the minute i woke up to 10 p.m at night just cleaning it like just yeah you have to clean other people's houses that are now your houses that's no longer my house Mm -mm. and it was just like and I am, and, and you know, it was like, you don't have to do that. You don't, I'm like, yes, I do. I have to do it because it's, that's like, what you it's do. The, I was honoring the house. Yes. You know what I mean? And that was the thing. And I, I just, I left like five beers in the fridge and, you know, I that's scrubbed exactly that baby right. out and I just, 
I think I literally burned off some of my fingerprints from the cleaning fluids. Oh, I've, I did that too. I literally was trying to like open my phone through the fingerprint. It was like, does not read, does not read. And I was like, oh no, I got to go commit some crimes. So <laughs> Only you has no fingerprints and decides that what she's going to do with that is commit some crimes. It's time for crimes. Um, and so, yeah, it was the sweatiest, hardest week. I don't remember eating anything, yo. I mean, I really... I really didn't. I just, I went, it's like Jake handed me like half a bagel and I put it in my face. Someone handed me a breakfast sandwich, put it in my face. And yeah. that was it. That's how and my mom like saved that. She left our house on Sunday and it was like, she was literally, you know, red face. This is my 81 year old mother who I'm like basically treating like slave labor. And she goes, <laughs> I'm going to, I got to go lay down. I'm like, totally go lay down. Yes. Go do that. But of course, she comes back like an hour later. Because she's German. She's got a massive platter of caprese, right? So there's like fresh mozzarella with tomatoes and basil and olive oil all over it. And I was like, as only a mom can do. Right. So that was, you know, that's like one of those things. And then it was and then it was done. And then it was just done. Now that you're in the new space, which I know you're organizing and just Mm -hmm. setting up your bar is probably a five day I haven't touched the bar. I haven't even, you guys, there was a point where I've had the painters in for my kitchen our buddy marty and his his crew are you using marty I'm using oh this marty. is our friend from marty from mill city restoration yep. he's an amazing painter he's painted all my houses i'm so glad he's painting yeah. your house well he wasn't there but his buddy or his, one of his people yeah, they're great. Was there. the crew's good they were great and um i'll show you a picture when i get it all. i'll post yeah. it up but they um i mean they've had to do their they, because of supply chain issues their primer was on you know hold so they had to use something else and it was the first time to use it so they had some issues and it just it took a long time so my kitchen was just i couldn't load in so my life is now in the garage like there's all the boxes in the garage there's boxes like on all the tables i mean i just i'm living like a hoarder you know among all of her stuff and i just sort of now i'm used to it now i'm like oh okay so last night was the first night i put my pans away like that was the first night Feels so, good. Yeah, it's good. It's still a lot. Wait till you cook your first meal. Well, let's just say that's sort of happened with someone in mac and cheese, you know? And so I was like, you kind of broke the rule. Like, we have to do a, like a significant first meal. And he's like, I just really wanted mac and cheese. <laughs> I like, just need to eat. Fine. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So. Very, very funny. Well, yeah. Stone Arch Festival was just an epic event. Was it really? You Are you so happy that it went the way it did? Yes, and I almost cried like three times. I started working on this event. The guy that started it owned a bunch of property on the riverfront on the east side, and it was 27 years ago. And like a lot of these areas of Minneapolis, Uptown included, the city doesn't like pay for the lights. The city doesn't pay for trash removal. Oh, like they're right. almost treated like their own little enclave. And so these associations started doing events that okay. would supplement their budgets. Yeah. Same with Grand Avenue. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. He didn't have any of the, that access and he wanted like trees trimmed along the riverfront. He wanted to fix the lights. He wanted to fix the sidewalk. So he just started the festival and kind of created his own fund for doing improvements along the riverfront and this was before there were condos down there there were a lot of dilapidated buildings yeah yeah so over the 27 years he he has since died our friend ira heilisher but he got to see the vision of the condos coming the gentrification of this place that he loved so much so on sunday morning it was supposed to rain all day sunday saturday was epic like just 
I felt almost like I was going to cry at least two times. The weather was spectacular. It was sunny. It was breezy. And the people. Yeah. And just the kind people. The yeah. people so happy to be out. The people wanting to buy local beer. Like, yeah. the people wanting to talk to the artists. It was just filled your heart with Minnesota, Minneapolis goodness. Bringing all those people back to the city of Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. Felt really, really good. That was important. Yeah, and it was just... Especially was, given the whole dystopian ghost town. Have you Did, uh, did you yeah, read that? The yeah. Thomas Friedman thing? Yep. Yeah. Yep, the dystopian ghost town was not in effect last Saturday, no, I can tell you that. No, it's not in effect at all. There are definitely... Areas that are under duress, but it is not giant swaths of dystopian no. ghost town. We had one security incident, which was kind of a vagrant person that got into someone's tent and right away they saw him and got him out. Yeah. No problem. That was it. And we had, you know, over 225 artists out there. Wow. So it's Did a big footprint. Did you get feedback from the artists that they, that they made Loved. sales? They had sold got out. good. Oh. My food people. I had one company that literally sold out the first night of Saturday and spent almost all night making new products so they could come on Sunday. Holy moly. I had another client that didn't have enough products, so they just like raided their kitchen and put together <laughs> like spice packets. <laughs> it was just, yeah, people wow. just sold out of stuff. It was great. That's it was great. totally great. And the food area was great. We were under the Hennepin Avenue Bridge. It did rain on Sunday. But it rained at like one fifteen for about 15 minutes. And yeah. people don't leave when it rains. They just get shelter and then yeah. go back out. Right. And then at 4.30, it really, the downpour started. And by then, it closes at 5. So it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, it was just, it was so great. And I I think I told you like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it next year. It's yeah. my fourth yeah. year. Yeah. I can't quit it. No, you're not. That, well, you, if you have a good year, that's a guarantee for next year. It has to be like a sucky next year. Oh, no, you you're jinxing it. No, Just I'm the not. mojo of, and a lot of people, a lot of listeners came out. Wolves Gal was there. At one point, we were so slammed, I had to serve beer for three hours. And oh that old cocktail waitress does not fall far no, from the tree. I, know. She I was shows like, up. okay, we she need two cash lines, two credit up. card lines. Like, you got to open those beer cans faster. Let's go, let's go. I can help you right here. Or you got your ID already. Right. Needs a bracelet. Yeah. Like, just hustle. Yeah. It was great, though. Super fun. Can't wait. Can't wait to go up to Duluth. Duluth, August 21st and 22nd for at Bayfront. Bayfront Park is the same group doing a festival. I do a culinary market up there, and it's different vendors because a lot of them are from the Northland. So that's fun. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah, very. I think that the festival thing is on. You know, I mean, like this weekend, the way Zeta is having the art experience. I saw that. And there's like, you know, all sorts of art fairs and stuff around now. Again, you know, and I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see people walking around doing Uh, things. We probably need to take a break. But before we do, quick, quick comment. Please support the folks in Uptown. Please support Majors and Quinn, who has a great cookbook selection. Please support the kitchen window, the family amazing tie that's been there for 14 years. These folks are hanging on. They have good days and bad days, and there's a lot of um, activism that's going on in the area. But if you want to support those local businesses, it's a good time to do it. You can even order online in many cases or do curbside pickup or delivery. Mm Mm-hmm. They could use the support. I talked to Doug Hugh Miller from Kitchen Window, and he was like, we got everything opened. COVID was over. We were getting ready with cooking classes. And he was like, and then the latest thing happened, and we're just hanging on. So any support is great. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, there's big local restaurant news that we'll share with you. We're also going to talk about potato salad and gardening food. Okay. And uh, Fourth of July cakes. Yeah, you you are obsessed. You're a woman obsessed. We'll be back. 
Are you thinking of buying a house this year, but you've been deterred by the crazy market? This is Stephanie Hansen from The Weekly Dish, and I moved in the last year, and my experience wasn't crazy. In fact, it was pretty great. I love my new house, and it would not have happened without the help of Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee from Lakes Area Realty. Carrie and Sue will work with you to help you find the perfect house. They know all the tricks of the trade so that you can get the home you choose without necessarily paying the highest price or overpaying. With mortgage rates being at historic lows, people are qualifying for higher priced homes but with lower payments. Carrie scoured the neighborhoods I wanted to be in to make sure I was one of the first folks in the houses. I probably went through 50 houses last summer and the market moves really fast and there's a lot of negotiating and you have to be ready with agents that know what they're doing to get a great price but also the terms you want for inspection and move-in dates. Each time you go through a home, you're going to deal with either Carrie or Sue directly. They don't hand you off to someone else. I had a great experience. So find Carrie Auxt, C-A-R-R-I-E, and Sue Durfee at CarrieAndSue.com if you're buying or selling a house. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are uh, talking about food and everything else in the Twin Cities. And one of the things that happened this week that we wanted to talk about was the announcement that Rick Nelson, who is the food critic and longtime writer at the Star Tribune, and who has been on our show, you know, he's done the cookie stuff with us and all, but the news dropped this week that he would be moving off the food beat. He's not retiring, he's moving on to architecture, mm-hmm. which is a thing that he has been passionate about for he's a long He's kind of the time. new Barbara Flanagan, if I, anyone remembers that. Let's just, let's just level set with the fact that his critiques of the Nicollet Mall construction is so... Spot on. Yeah, he's brilliant. And it's just sort of like, and it's lovely to have somebody sort of in the urban landscape making those points. And R.T. Ryback actually tweeted something about him saying the same thing, saying like, I'm just going to miss him on the foodie, but let's be clear. This is an advocate for our city in a way that we don't have yet. Like, we don't really have anybody doing this. And if you think about how much architecturally and just if you think about architecture as space as well as buildings, if you think about how much the landscape's going to change in the next five years oh with the office, people come not coming back to offices, or are they coming back to offices? How do we reuse all this space? Oh, the city Public plan space. is going to be a very interesting space. So I think he's going to have a great, you know, run on that beat and yeah, have a lot to talk sure. about and cover. But we here on the food show are mostly concerned with the fact that, of course, me being the food editor for Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine um, and running the food section and the whole magazine, I don't do necessarily critical reviews, which is what Rick was doing mostly before the pandemic hit. And I think his last review was in January of 2020. I don't think he's written a review for over a year. I think he told me it was Martina. Does that sound right? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, does that? I but think it's it is been, right. It's been since... You know, I mean, it's been a long time. And let's be clear, Rick has been at the magazine or at the newspaper for a long time. And he is sort of um, beholden to the structures of the of the newspaper. I keep calling the magazine because here, let's be clear at the magazine. And because I am in charge of my section, I have a lot of leeway. I have a lot of creativity and a lot of flow and voice that I get to employ. um, That is part of magazine. But you know, newspaper, there's rules and there's things that you have to kind of adhere to. And Rick was in a place where, think about it, he only just, I mean, I don't know, it was only like five years ago that he revealed his identity. I was just going to say that, Stephanie, because I remember we talked all about it when he made the decision and other critics at other major newspapers around the country made the decision that they didn't have to hide. Yeah. And, you know, Dara still... Almost impossible to hide anyway. Because, um, well, Ruth... um, Reichel. Reichel. 
Is Reichel? Is it Reichel? I say Reichel. Okay. Who knows? She I've never was better. notorious for her disguises at the Los Angeles Times and also um, the New York Times. Yeah. And then Dara still dons Dara a purple wig but a lot of times. She doesn't wear it out. She doesn't wear it out. But she's um, that's more of her signature at this point. Okay. In public when she's doing events. But, okay. But she doesn't wear it when she goes to eat. But so, but here's the thing is like, so Rick kind of came out into the, you know, firmament and everyone said this, so like, oh, there, you know, there he is. And then, and then, you know, there's definitely been changes, you know, there's been things, you know, people added people, you know, kind of the way that we report food has changed because of influencers and because of blogs, everything, all of that has changed over the years. Right. But it's interesting to me to think about, they still had the four star system and the Star Tribune has always done like they, they say, you know, they they go to a restaurant a couple times, they do the review, and then they say this is four stars or three stars. Do you? And maybe this is. And un, they're the un, only one in town doing that. This may be an unfair question to ask you as a journalist, but if you can put on your eater hat for just one second, do you want a starred review system as an eater? Well, and so Darisha and I, of course, were you know texting about these kind of things before you know during this whole week. Um, and he's definitely he likes a star system, and he said as a reader, I like a star system. I like to know you know what you think. And I my point is is I think people when there is a star system tend to look at the stars and not read the review. And I am all about context and the gray. You know that. Yeah. And it's like for me, if I say this Martina is three stars. And then you go, oh, it's a three star. And then maybe you don't read about how, you know, what makes it three stars, almost four stars. Or, you know, maybe it's actually like closer to three and a half out of four. But like, I can't do that. Or so maybe the ambiance was a four. Right. Or maybe just... maybe it's because the seafood, yeah. you know, and you don't care about seafood, but you love the bar and the bar is spectacular. So for me, I think the context, I think stars rob writers of their context. And I think that's one of the things that's I think you've seen stars across the country fall away because of that. And it is so weird, too, because how many lists are there like the top 10 places to get ice cream? Well, the top five, this, the top four, that. Well, so does that mute the star system? It anyway? does. It does. When, you know, Eater puts out 38, you know, their heat map every month and it's like the top 38 and it's always changing and everything else. And then we do. And I mean, get it. We do MSP 50. You know, the magazine does 50 best restaurants every year. But in that space, you can do 50 because that gives you a breadth to say you are looking at fine dining and you're looking at pizza spots. Because yep. I think that's also what's changed is that we don't just see fine table white tablecloths as fine dining as the best. We see, you know, Matt's Burgers as Matt's Bar as one of the best. And can you remember, and this has happened since we've been doing this show, which I think, gosh, 11 or 12 years, I don't know. Yeah, 175. From the time that we started to now, it was people only reviewed a certain type of restaurant. And now people might review an amazing um, locally owned Thai restaurant that just opened that has 22 seats. Yeah, In the day, a a major newspaper probably wouldn't have reviewed that in the same caliber that they would as a spoon and stable. Well, they would have different beats for it. So you have like tea beats or you have, you know, or you have the hole in the walls. You have all these things. But guess what? We don't have enough A space, B people to cover or C budgets for everything anymore. Just like everybody else, yo. You know, we get pinched and everything kind of gets shuffled and you have to kind of economize. 
But I do think it's interesting. I'm sure that they're going to, you know, they have Sharon Jackson, who's on maternity leave right now. She's one of their, you know, the reporters yep. on the food scene. They have a new woman, uh, Nicole, who I've not met. And I don't know how to say her last name, but I think it's Hivitston. Um, and she's been doing news reporting, too. I think she took Lee Dean's space. And Lee Dean just retired after a right. ton of time. So that whole so variety section is... Term, yeah. But here's the question. Who then... Will the Star Tribune, what's been happening and blowing up all of my, you know, like food nerd lines, who will take the place and what will that person look like? Someone from out of town. Well, so they are doing a national search. And then here's the thing with that. People are like, well, if they do a national search and they bring in someone, it's going to think grape salad is (laughs) the salad of the Twin Cities. The fear is that they're going to, quote unquote, discover us and then tell us who we are. And it's like. I don't know how that sits so well with people. Do I want me to make a prediction? Well, yes. That's why Ra- we're here. Rachel Hutton. She kind of already did that. I don't know. Tom Horgan? No, he's got his home. I know. He's, he's not a food critic, though. Like, this is the other but thing. But he likes food, so no, maybe yeah, it would be like Elaine. Same. He wants to that's not the stretch same. his wings in. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think that there's a potential that Minneapolis is a hot topic enough, right? We are a national... We are in, we are have a national little thing sitting in the back of people's minds, and I don't doubt that there there are national food people who are looking for jobs and who are there are no national caliber rep, newspaper restaurant critic jobs. Left. Right? There's like oh Brett Anderson. No, he's he's at the Times. I really don't think he's gonna. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna come back for this but trip. Maybe he nope. wants to come home. No, I don't think he does. Um, I, think, I love that you just burst out laughing. That was funny. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. there are no there are no jobs like this. They're eliminating jobs like this across March. the country. Is no. that the obvious one? No. But there's people like Kevin Pang, who you guys don't know, who's been on maybe you know part of the websites and stuff like that, who might think like, okay, well, I'm going to go and make this great mark in Minneapolis because it's such a hot town. And Emily Noom, I don't the know salad lady. I, I don't know. She wrote at the New York Times for quite a bit about salads. She just wrote, she was freelance. Oh, I mean, this is the thing. There yeah. are a lot yeah, of freelance right. people we out there. Play this game all day. I know. And it's Jason like. Jason Russia. Yeah. No, he's got a full-time job. <laughs> so that's the thing is like, I think that it's really interesting to think a lot of people um, think that it will be a person of color because there is a large, because if you think about the food beat, there's only really four or five people on the food beat, quote unquote, in the Twin Cities professionally. And I mean, they're, I think everybody's white, but they're women. You know, there's gay people. There's all sorts of stuff. But there's Isn't it funny no person where we were, like, in the day, gay was a big deal. Yeah, I know. And then being a woman was a big deal. Like, getting a, a lead job at a newspaper as a woman was not happening a lot. No. And still probably isn't, if yeah. we're just being honest. Yeah. But we've sort of moved that bar. Well, I would be interested. There are a lot of great writers um, with different perspectives. I would be interested to see them bring someone in. Like, you know, I don't think Mecca wants to do it necessarily. Or I don't know if that's the vibe that she wants. But she definitely has the, you know, the guts to be able to do it. And I think there's people like uh, writers. I I won't name them all. But there's like a lot of writers. um, What about the guy from Meal? Pete? I don't yeah. think this is Pete's bag. This okay. is not, remember, this is restaurant. Jim Norton. I have zero comment. There Keep are, going. There are, this is a restaurant review job, I think. Like, that's the other question. Is it a restaurant review job or is it a food, you know, thing? 
Hello, Weekly Dishers. Spring has sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. All right, everybody. It is time. We're closing in on the 4th of July. And in the next hour, we're going to talk about my obsession with 4th of July cakes and cookies and all the 4th of July red, white, and blue fruit and whipped cream things. However, uh, so I had to stay home from the cabin for a couple weeks because I've been working on this festival. But we planted the garden and that has continued to grow. So. Uh, my mother-in-law has been at the lake hand-watering because she likes to walk down. She's 88. Yeah. She likes to walk down and hand-water things in the morning and then hand-water at night. Yep. So Kurt finally got up there, and I was like, the first thing you need to do is get over to the garden and send me pictures because I have no idea, like, what's going, what's not going. And if I have a crop fail at this point, I don't really have time to recover up there. No, I no, could no. maybe recover at home. Yep. So he sent me pictures, and first of all, arugula. I know your I said, favorite, my favorite. I said you got to bring me some, but now I, I realize I will bring you some. It'll just be in July. Yeah, and it's cool enough up there that it's, it'll last. I think so, and I'm going to actually start another row. Yeah, um, arugula, plenty of arugula, and I was like, you know, maybe it's worthwhile to talk about how we eat arugula because it is sold in the store. The Revel um, Greens arugula is actually pretty good. There's arugula all over the place. What do you, you eat it in everything? I, I eat it. This is the green I buy. This is the green I buy. Yeah. Like spinach and arugula are always in my fridge. And it's very peppery. Oh, it's well. And yeah. And there's 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 baby ones that are a little bit softer. And then there's, you know, a little bit, you know, older stuff that has a lot of great flavor to it. I've grown it, you know, but then I let it go, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I eat it in everything. It's every base. Like when I'm making. Um, in fact, we got. Tea, uh, takeout and my leftovers chicken masala went on to arugula you know not rice yep. onto arugula yep like all of that stuff anytime i make tuna poke i put that on arugula it's also it's great thrown into sandwich. noodles it's, it's what great thrown into noodles yeah like oh yeah any we wilted dish. in everything um it's also really great to just have with lemon or excuse me lemon olive oil salt pepper and some parmesan cheese and that's a salad yeah then you just slice up some kielbasa into that, baby. Oh my god, I it's love also that. great as a base for like on a platter if you're serving like a flank steak or you're serving a big ribeye or a tomahawk chop to lay those slices onto the greens. And then when people serve themselves, a little bit of that meaty juice gets onto those greens mm-hmm. and creates like a, a dressing, as it were. Yep. Um, so the arugula is looking fine, and they call it rocket in uh, Australia. Which I kind of like. And also in Italy. Oh, yeah, that's right. And right. when you order pizza in Italy, 
almost everyone serves it with this giant mound of greens on the top oh, yeah. that well, are yeah. dressed in olive oil and lemon juice. And it's arugula or rocket. The Rosalia. And, you know, those guys, they all, Danny does all those huge. And Beluto, that huge pizza with the, like, the greens on top. Oh, I love it. There was a pizza on the menu at, boy, I'll think of it, um, that had a hole in the center. So it was like, oh, they presented it as like less calories. And then like they put a giant salad in the middle. Weird that they took part of the pizza away. Yeah. And made like a donut (laughs) pizza with the salad in the middle. And then you can also apparently at Punch, there's a way you can order your pizza so that it comes so you can like fold it up with the greens in the middle. Oh, whenever we've traveled, like in Spain, we always got the greens right on the top on pizza. That's my favorite way to eat pizza, actually, is Is to like roll it up around the greens. Yeah. Almost like a burrito. Yeah. Or a taco. Yeah. A pizza taco. Um, The other thing that is is growing great and not my family isn't as crazy about these as I am, but radishes. Yes, I love them. You just eat them with like butter and salt, which is what my mother-in-law does. Yep, I just, I like pull them out of the fridge and just chew, chew them. And it carrots. is a great like texture. Yeah. And they're great in salads, Snappy. in wraps. Oh my uh, God, they're so good in salads. And rolled up in like rice paper with like a spring roll. But the best for me is to roast those babies. Yeah, you like those roasts. They end up like... They're not like a potato because they're not as hearty, but you get that feeling of a roasted potato. So if you're someone that's not eating a lot of starch, it gives you that roasty feeling. You can add the thyme. You can add the rosemary. You can roast them in the oven, or we a lot of times will just roast them in a cast iron on the grill when we're cooking meat. Oh, yeah. And they get like brown and caramelized, and they're just so delicious. You can then um, just toss them with a little, if you want to have a vinaigrette, you don't have to. But you could toss it with just like a lemon vinaigrette. That's really nice. Mm -hmm. And they're not when you roast them, they're not peppery. All of that dissipates because the caramelized Mm -hmm. sugar Mm -hmm. replaces that peppery bite. Yeah. So if you have kids, too, and you have a lot of radishes in your garden and you're not, you know, because sometimes you just get overwhelmed with one vegetable. Yes. Roasting is the way to conquer this. That's the only reason I don't like gardens. Yeah, because all of a sudden you're like, well, now we have all 52,000 radishes, all the shard. We're going to eat all the shard now. And one of the ways that last season I served it a lot was arugula dressed and then the roasted radishes on top of that and making it like a salad. Yep. Um, So try roasting your radishes. We're going to put some I've got some recipes up. I also have arugula pesto recipe. You make arugula pesto, don't you? Oh, That's all the time. That's I don't even make basil pesto anymore. I, I, I really don't. don't that much either. Yeah, I don't. I, I just buy a huge little, I buy a little box, you know, of the of the arugula greens. And then I just, I just whip up some pine nuts yeah. and some parm and, and some olive oil and garlic and arugula. And I like it better because it has a bite. It's not as sweet. When my pesto comes in, you know, at the end of July, beginning of August, I'll make a huge batch. Yeah. But like, I don't crave basil pesto. If I was going to have either. pesto, I would have arugula or garlic scape. Yeah. Still. Oh. Yeah. And I have garlic, and I didn't realize that there's hard neck and soft neck garlic. And the soft neck is the kind that they have at the grocery stores. Yeah. And the heart, and that's what we planted because yeah. Kurt just planted a clove. Sure. Whatever it was. And hard neck is what you get the garlic scapes. So I've been waiting for the scapes, oh. and I finally had to research. And I was yeah. like, oh darn Why? it, we planted the wrong ones. But yeah. we'll yeah. do that next year. If you see garlic scapes at your farmers markets, pick those bad boys up. Yeah. Blend them. With pine nuts, blend them with uh, a little bit of cheese and make a pesto out of them. Yeah. It's very pungent. I mean, like it's very, very garlicky. It's not like even just garlic. It's like, 
It's but it's awesome Super and dramatic. it's a little For different. Sure. It's what? It's a little different. It's, it's a little bitter. It's got a little bitter side to it, I think, which is great. I like it. No, it's great. I mean, these are all good things. These are not bad things. Um, Another thing that I have a ton of is Swiss chard. Yeah, that's whenever I grow shard, I'm always like, wow, did I really plant this mint shard? (laughs) And then right next to that is spinach. So for the three of us and just these four rows of, plus not even, of course, the spring lettuces. What do you do with your shard? Do you just use the leaves or do you do leaves and stems? Leaves and stems. Okay. Um. If I'm doing, if I'm, a lot of times I'm like, I put a recipe together for a gratin. That's how I make it a lot. Cause I'm always, my husband likes steak. Okay. So but steak and chard is the best. Yeah. But then but just wilt it with garlic. That's it. And with lemon juice is a big component, I think, to chard when you finish it. But I will make a gratin with, I'll put a little cream in there and top oh. it with a little cheese and breadcrumbs. And then we toast it. See, I've never been a big spinach gratin or like cream spinach or cream Yum. greens. I've that's just not a part of my history, and I don't like. I have a bite of it when we're out, like at a steakhouse, and someone orders cream spinach. I'm like, oh, you know, you have a bite, and I just it's not, it's not something that harkens to me. And so I never think of putting cream with greens. Oh, I think I put cream with greens all the time. Yeah. it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. However, you know, like my mother-in-law, we eat greens pretty much every night. Right. So whether we're having salad right. or whether we're having wilted greens, mm-hmm. and that could be collards. I shards, throw a lot of spinach. the shards into my pastas. So yeah. if I'm doing like a, you know, you wilt them up and I cut the stems up so that you have these bright pink, bright yellow little bits, and then you saute those, and then you throw the shard leaves in and wilt them up, and then I toss it all in with the pasta, and then I throw the pasta on top and whip it around. And do you, what's your saucy? What what makes Usually your pasta it's just saucy? An olive, there's no sauce. It's an olive oil and olio olio, if you will, just yeah. like a lot of garlic and olive oil, yum. and then like a little bit of parm. That's my favorite summer pasta. Okay, yum, yum, yum. yum. Um, as long as we're on this topic, I feel like I can't let a 4th of July holiday come by too without talking potato salad. Yeah. We have, I feel like we did this. We though. did. We do it every year. I know, but I feel like we already did this this year. Cause I thought you were already on your potato salad jam. I have a potato. I did a potato salad recipe and I'm doing one on Jason's show next week. Yeah. There's kind of, I've, I've got potato salad down to three ideas. Okay. One is Janice's potato salad, which is. Yeah. So we did talk about Janice's. Lime. Right. And dill. And mayonnaise. Okay. So, right. We've done that one. Very light. What's your next? Well, not light because it's full of mayonnaise. It's not light, but um, then there's the garden potato salad, which is like radishes and French's mustard and eggs and cucumbers and scallions and kind of more of that really chunky. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's your kind of potato salad, which I also love. Loaded. Which is a loaded kind of German potato salad with bacon. Oh, that's, I mean, German is not what I'm making when I say loaded. Let's be clear. German is vinegar. German is not creamy. And some sugar. Yeah. Every recipe has a little bit of sugar, yeah. which does I don't love. You don't have to do it, I guess. We I'm don't just going to go like lemon juice. Yeah, no, we don't do that. Um, Yeah, like. Do you do straight vinaigrette and herbs? Kind of. I mean, yeah. I mean, and it's like, yeah, my, 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 my loaded is blue cheese and bacon oh, and I chives. I forgot about your blue cheese, bacon yeah. and chives. Blue cheese, bacon and chives is like the potato salad. People are like, why don't we, how come we can't have this all the time? You know, because it's like. It's what a potato wants to be. It's like a a, a stuffed a potato. potato. Yeah, totally. But that's what potato salad should be. It's cold baked potato. So 
So I don't understand why we don't do that all the time. It's basically like a ranch. It ends up being almost ranchy because of the chives. Like I throw so much chives I and like I need to stuff make in that. there. Yeah, but then it's yours, and it then I'm mine. stealing it. You can't have it. You can't appropriate me. Um, I'll be like, this is seventy yeah, March's potato salad. Then I'll send you things. the recipe, and you'll do what my sisters are doing because it's like, oh, this is Aunt Grandma Kathy's yeah. this, and I send it to them, and they're like, um. I don't, think that had, mustard. And I don't think they had scallions. Like, my whole family is writing this cookbook with me. Yeah. And it's They're fine. editors. You have a whole family of editors. What I do you know? Do, you didn't know it until now. To, like, the real editor yet. Right. I'm just like, oh. Or, like, I know mom put French dressing in there. Well, okay. And guess what? This one is not exactly the same. And it's not a recipe if you say throw a packet of ranch dressing in there. Okay. I right. need to like break that down a little bit and yeah. make it a little not chefier, but at least like worthy of opening up a book. Yes. Hellos. <laughs> and Hello. my sister was like, um, I don't know. Like I just it's just with ranch. I'm like, okay, okay, ranch. Anything else? Just ranch. Ranch. Ranch and ranch. Oh my god. A lot of family recipes have ranch and onion powder. Yeah, the onion powder was, I remember, a thing like oh. I had to actually go buy onion yes, powder. Yes, we have it at the because... cabin, and we have garlic powder at the cabin, and so I'm including it in some recipes because it is only there because everybody else cooks with it. Right. It's not something I would cook with. I kind of think that could be a cute little sidebar for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what? Like a pullout about, like, you know, the existence of onion powder in your life is only because of other people's. And needs. yes, thank you. I'm going to make a note of that because yeah. those sidebars are getting I'm written gonna as we I'm going to need my speak. editor's fee, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have a contributor's note. Oh my gosh. Seriously. And also like meat. Yeah. Okay. So you're at the cabin and how do you eat meat? We grill, grill it. it. Okay. What's the recipe there? Yeah. Like, grill it. So I'm, I'm having to make all these rubs mm-hmm. and rubs have what in them? Garlic powder. MSG. Onion powder. <laughs> No, I don't. My sister, not my sister. My daughter actually owns a bottle of MSG yes, and uses it. It's yummy. Yeah, she it's loves it. Yummy. Let me just tell you, there was a restaurant I bought from that was all like no MSG, and I'm like, this is not great. It's just not great. You <laughs> it's can not tell. Seasoned enough. No, it wasn't. Jake was like, I think it's fine. I'm like, no, it's not. And soy sauce is not as complex of a seasoning. It's just. Like one bring note. me my MSG. It's in Parmesan. It exists in Parmesan cheese naturally. So if you think you're fighting against it, you're not. So. There it is. Oh, only a food person like you would know that. (laughs) All right. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take your questions. If you want to comment about MSG or potato salad or arugula, 651-641-1071 is our line. We'll be open. We'll take your calls live on the air when we come back on the Weekly Dish presented by Hornitos. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish presented by our friends at Hornitos and Jim Beam and Maker's Mark. All those good good, uh, beverages that we love. Uh, we have a couple of questions and a couple folks on the line. This is the Ask Stephanie portion, so give us a call, 651-641-1071. And we have Kathy on the line who wants to chat with us about potato salad. Hi, Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Hi. I wanted to talk to you about um, the potato salad. Please. Yeah. Well, I've never heard of the blue cheese in there, although I'm very intrigued, but my recipe that my family has done for years is I do a little mayo and miracle whip and I do the bacon, but I also put just a little bacon grease in there. I have, I have heard that that is a a little secret recipe. Can we just talk about miracle whip though? No. Why? Well, you know, I don't, I use probably more mayo than the miracle miracle whip, but that's, how I grew up. Yeah. Um, that's how my mom, my mom did it. And I just, 
I like it. But I do like more of the mayo flavor than the Miracle Whip. And some people... kind of gives it that little extra tang. Yeah, and I know some people like it, and then some people also like that Duke's mayonnaise, which is from oh, the South. I love Duke's. Duke's is everything. It's got that, like, lemony bite to it. Oh, okay. Oh. I should try that. Yeah, it's hard to find up here. You can find it online. Sometimes you can find it at okay. Walmart, but it is, it is like, that's what Thomas Bamer and all the guys from the South, they love Dukes. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'll have to try that. Yeah. I live in Wisconsin, so um, I'll have to see if they have it at the Walmart here, but um, the blue cheese, I'm very intrigued about that. I'm going to try that. Okay. Do it. Do it. Thanks, Kathy. We appreciate well, your thanks. call. It's always great listening to you ladies. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, next question is an email that came in. I'm heading to Minnesota to visit my parents, and I need lunch suggestions to meet friends. Downtown Minneapolis. My parents like Wyzetta, Lake Minnetonka, and we'll be doing there all weekend, so we need new suggestions for downtown. Feel free to answer this question on the show. Thank you, Amy from Willamette. Okay, lunch suggestions in downtown Minneapolis. That's a little tough. Nola. Nola? Um, why do I always call no North Loop uh the oh, place? Nolo's Thank kitchen. You. Nolo. <laughs> I'm like I always call it Nola. I know. I'm like, there's no New Orleans spot. Yeah, Nolo Kitchen, that is true. And free house, that's open. Um, that's for sure. Uh and Lowry's isn't that far down the road, down on Hennepin. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean I guess if you're I guess yeah, I think if you're downtown, I think you're probably gonna go to um, free house more than I don't know. I guess maybe Monte that's Carlo my, is just Monte solid a great and one. great, also, beautiful patio. The Hewing, you know. Oh yes, that's open and great. And I think it's also um, I don't know what their situation is with their rooftop. If that's open during the lunch hours or if it's just cocktails. But the Hewing Nile, uh, the guy who's the chef there, is really good and it's kind of delicious. Again, love finally. it, love yeah. it. So hopefully that gives you some suggestions. We have Aaron on the line. Hi, Aaron. Aaron, you there? Yes. What can we help you with today? I just moved to the uh, St. Anthony West neighborhood. Sure. Northeast. Sure. I want your take on must visit restaurants or dishes in the area. Well, my first thought is to tell you to go to Bauhaus Brew Labs and go to the Animales Burger Truck. It's going to be West. I didn't even like know that existed. The Thank burger you. of your life. Yeah, if you go to the back patio of they just opened like a couple weeks ago, but right behind Bauhaus they have a Animales parked their burger trailer back there. Ooh, and that's good. Okay, see Anthony West. I'm trying to figure out exactly where that is, it's but right it's right by Sheridan. I'm blocks from Young Joni. I haven't gone there yet, but everyone's recommending it. Oh yeah, well, go and- to Nixta and get takeout from get from Gustavo. He's got these great at Nixta, which is you know kind of right down from Dangerous Man and Young Joni. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's got tortillas and tamales and such awesome. great Mexican food. I really like Erte too, which is like a local owned steakhouse. Yeah, and they have a bar called the Peacock Bar that's super fun. And you have what to go called? to Anchor Fish and Chips. You can't yeah. miss that. Yeah, I'm right next there. I, okay. I went to Mary Ellen's. It's like a little bistro. Yeah, it's they have like it's like a little corner. coffee cafe. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, so. that's fun. Yeah, oh, you're in a great spot. Yeah, oh, good shot. <laughs> um, my husband's new favorite thing is to go to Indeed Brewing and then use the QR code on the table and order from Centro, and they bring you tacos over to the brewery outside. Hmm. That helps. Nice. Yeah, he's pretty Centro excited is about a great that. Spot, yeah. 
Um, yeah. All right. Thanks. And congratulations on the move there, Aaron. Uh, Ian called in and he didn't want to go on the air. He's a kid and he got his CSA box and he wants to know what to do with kohlrabi. I just. And I was like, just throw it away. No. <laughs> come on. Uh, I, by the way, you can do, you know, your little roasting trick. You can roast them and just eat them like an apple. Oh, too. I did not know that. Yeah, you can do that too. Um, we, yeah, if you roast them up, they're kind of like. Uh, uh, they're delicious. People I mean, peel them and just dip them in salt, like a radish. Yeah, um, I, we always, uh, we always basically sort of slice them up and then put them into stir fries. So we hit them with I, a lot of like chili sauce and sesame oil, and we just saute Yum. them up, and then I get them into the stir fries as fast as I possibly can. Okay, that actually sounds pretty good. I know. Um, Elizabeth Reese was filling in for me the last couple of weeks, which was awesome. Do you know what kind of air fryer uh, I'm she so has? Over talking about it. No. <laughs> It's an XL. It just is called okay. like a Pro XL or something like that. There's no, but the point is, is just it doesn't actually. And she said this a number of times. It doesn't actually matter. Yeah, what brand. So. She's still just loving air frying. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people over this heat, over the last couple, you know, weeks, I think the air fryer has been a godsend for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm gonna quick MinnesotaWildRice.org is having the Minnesota Cultivated Wild Rice Council's Get Wild with Wild Rice. It's a recipe contest open to home cooks and chefs. And the winner gets a $500 grand prize. So check that out if you're a recipe person. Um, minwildrice.org. Yeah, nice. And we'll be back. Okay.